0: Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. We'll start in verse 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made. The first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. I titled this message, The Holy of Holies. And what I want to talk to you about today is this, this place that was set up in the temple. This was the dwelling place of God. And the only person, as you can read from this scripture we just read, that had access to this uh, room was the, the high priest he only went in there once a year and as that scripture says it was not without blood that he went in there he didn't this wasn't something you did uh, casually now, I want y'all to understand that there's reason to fear God especially when you come into his presence in in our current condition or at least in their current condition at this time. You know, these <clears throat> as a sinful people when you come into the presence of pure holiness and and just righteousness and there's no falter or, or or anything in him. He's just perfect. When you come into the presence of that kind of power you're you're just wide open. You are in a position where you're about to be subjected to just Power that is immeasurable. And you need something to cover all of your faults and your flaws. And you know, the priest went in there with, with blood. It says he didn't go in without blood. Because he needed something to offer. Something to atone for his sins. You know, we've talked about these things several times over the past week And I know God is trying to make a point through all this. As long as I live, I hope I never stop preaching Jesus. You know, I can look through this Bible and I can find all kinds of things to preach about. But I want you all to know that the most important thing is, is salvation. And what Jesus did when He came to this earth. You can find all kinds of things that make you feel good and may give you warm, fuzzy feelings inside. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you might as well just go home and go fishing. You might as well sit at home and watch TV, find some TV preacher that will make you feel warm and fuzzy, because there ain't nothing else in this world that's important if you ain't got Jesus in your life. The, the whole point in being a Christian is... Finding that little something that's going to set you apart from the rest of the world. And that's when Jesus comes into your life, He begins to make a change. Now this place was only accessible by the high priest. You know, I've I've heard stories anyway. I've never actually done the research myself to find out if it's true. But I've heard that they would tie bells onto the bottoms of the... Priest, where they wore pants or robes or whatever, they would have bells on the bottom, and they would tie a rope around them. And when it got to the point they stopped hearing them bells, they would just pull him back out because he was dead. So this was something very serious. I want y'all to understand that they they could only do this one time a year. So if you had sin in your life, you had to carry it all year. You had to carry the guilt and the and the all of the repercussions that come from it because there was only one opportunity for forgiveness. There was only one opportunity to have your sins covered by the blood. We have a new high priest. He don't have to wait around for once a year. He went into the Holy of Holies one time, the Word says. One time He made this sacrifice. He took His own blood and paid for your sins. This ceremony I've been telling you about was a shadow of what Jesus came to do. It it was just a a little glimpse into the depth of what He came to do. Understand what that means. This ceremony was very detailed in how things had to be done, but that just didn't even scratch the surface of what Jesus did. What He came and did had such an impact that it didn't only affect the sins that had already been committed, it had an impact on sins that were going to be committed. Those, those things are all paid for as long as we accept that payment. As long as we accept what He did, it's covered. He did it one time. He went into the Holy of Holies, presented his own blood. Now, when I say he went into the Holy of Holies, I'm not talking about a man made temple. I'm talking about the real deal. I'm talking about the one that, that this, this worldly temple was modeled after. He went to the throne of God. You know, I told you this was God's dwelling place. When when they set this thing up and they took the ark in there, God's spirit came in to that place. Uh, it's almost to say that He's accepting this. He's accepted what they've done as being good enough. You know, when they built this thing, it 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 was a very very critical that they do things a certain way. It had to be just so. Because God doesn't accept half-stepping. You can't just do it a little halfway and, and think that'll be okay. No, when you're dealing with the law of God, it has to be a hundred percent. But you can't live a hundred percent. You can't live a perfect life. The Word tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Turn to Hebrews 10, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. See that ceremony, they had to do it every year. Because this thing, this ceremony, this offering of the blood of bulls and calves, it, it couldn't, it couldn't do it. All it could do was just kind of postpone. And delay and put off until the real sacrifice could be made. You know, I never understood that until recently. I always thought that that this sacrifice was good enough. That that sacrificing of a lamb was was okay. That would cover your sins. Back in those times, I understood we didn't have to do that anymore. But I thought that that was enough. But what I've come to understand is, even that wasn't enough. It just postponed it. It just delayed everything until the real sacrifice could be made. Until there was an opportunity. Because you know, those people that offered sacrifices. Listen to me. The Word tells us that before Jesus ascended into heaven, He first descended into hell. He went and He led captivity captive. He went and preached to those that were there waiting. Who were they? All those that had died before. All those that died before He offered Himself. They had a choice right then. Am I going to accept this sacrifice that He made? Or am I going to reject it? So you see, all those sacrifices they had made in the past, they just postponed it. It just, it just put it off until Jesus made His sacrifice. When that perfect sacrifice was made, when He went into the Holy of Holies and offered His own blood on the mercy seat, then there was remission of sin. Then there was atonement. What does atonement mean? It's, it's giving something in place of what was lost. It's offering something up that will make everything okay again. Let's put, give you a real world example. When you go borrow money from the bank, do you just pay back what you borrowed? No, you you pay with interest. That's your atonement. You're giving them back something that made it worthwhile for them to loan it to you. When Jesus offered His blood, He He gave it so that it would be worthwhile for God to forgive those sins. It was was such a wonderful offering that it made it worth having to put up with us. It made it okay then, not to sin, but that we had sin. We could come into His family and into His presence as long as we accepted that offering that He had made. If, If those sacrifices would have been good enough, they would have just done them one time. They wouldn't have had to keep doing them over and over. Continuing to delay and put off. They wouldn't have had to. It would have been good enough. Skip down to verse 19. Having therefore, brother, in boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. I told y'all that This worldly tabernacle was just a shadow. It was just a a glimpse into what Jesus came to do. That veil that separated the holy of holies from everybody else. There was a dividing wall there. There was... You know, when Jesus died on the cross, He said, "...it is finished." And at that point, not only did the earthquake, but that veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. It was just torn in half. At the same time, his flesh was torn. And his, his, his body was broken and bruised. That, that gateway was made for us. That we can come into His presence and, and we can, we can dine with Him and we can serve with Him. We can be covered by the blood of Jesus. Understand that that veil is just another shadow of Jesus' flesh. It's just another picture. When that veil was torn, it made a way. When He died on the cross, He made a way. He gave us an opportunity to come into His inheritance. There's so much that is symbolic in this Word. And you know, when you look at it, it's real easy to miss it. But when you see it, and you know some of these things, I don't know, some of y'all may still be sitting there not understanding what I'm talking about. But you know, the Word tells us that some things are just spiritually discerned. You can't understand them in the natural. Some of these things can only be revealed to you through the Holy Spirit. As you read this Word, listen, you need to pray that God will reveal this stuff to you. You need to pray that God will give you understanding. It doesn't have anything to do with your natural intellect. It doesn't matter if you can't read very fast or very good. It's probably actually good for you if you can't read very fast. Because if you read it too fast, you're going to miss something. You're going to miss the depth and breadth of what God has to offer in His Word. There's so much more there that's available for you. If you take the time to dig in and find out what it is God is trying to say to you, you'll see things that you've never seen before. You begin to see that God is real that God had a plan that He didn't do anything based on a reaction. He understood what it was going to take from the beginning of time to bring you into His family. He knew what it was going to take to make it real to you and help you understand what it was to be like Him. The Holy of Holies was a very... Special place. But I want you to understand, based on verse 20, that the Holy of Holies is accessible to each one of us. You may be sitting there thinking in the natural, saying, Well, how the temple was destroyed a long time ago. But I want y'all to understand that the Holy of Holies is not what was put on this world. That was just a picture of it. It was just an example, a little small portion of what God had to offer. Understand that anything that you ever see out of God in the Word is just a small taste of what He really is. When you look into this Word and you find out that the real Holy of Holies is where God is now, and you know that the Word tells you that Jesus, our High Priest, is standing at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us right now. It's through Him that we have access to that place, the most holy place. The Jews relied upon this high priest to go and make atonement for their sins. And they had to wait till He came back and said, okay, it's done. You're good for another year. You don't have to wait, though. You don't have to wait around on some preacher to tell you that you're okay now. You don't have to wait around for somebody else to say, well, you'll be alright. You don't have to go to the doctor and wait to say, here's some psychiatrist tell you that you're all going to be okay now. No, you can go to God right now and... You know, I want to tell you all something. Sin is burdensome. When you carry it around with you, it just weighs you down. It hinders your life. You know, you hear guys talk about about the old ball and chain talking about their wife. And the, the implication is that somehow their wife is dragging them down and they can't go do what they want to do. But I want y'all to understand that sin is the original ball and chain. And when you attach it to your life, all it does is prevent you from serving God like you can, and like you might want to if you didn't have it in your life. You know, sin kind of takes over. When it comes in, your eyes get off of Jesus, and you get on the, th- the problems that are in your life, and the things that are weighing you down. Sin is the ball and chain. And when you hook it up to yourself, all it does is slow you down and, and drag you down and you get tired and you just want to sit down. You get tired of dragging that thing around with you. Well, I want you all to know that you don't have to do that. At any given point in time, you don't have to wait around for the high priest. You can go straight to the real high priest. You can say, Father, forgive me for my sins. Deliver me. Release me from it not because you deserve anything, not because you did something right and, and He owes it to you, but because He's just that good. The Word says, for He is good and His mercy endures forever. Now, I don't know if that applies to everybody, but I know it applies to me. If you can't say that, then you need to find something that'll help you say it. Matthew 11:28 Jesus said, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you." And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus at this point was still living on this earth, but He knew what was coming. He knew He was the real high priest. He knew he was the one that could make atonement for your sins. He said, Come unto me if you're heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll take that sin off your back. You can lay your load down at my feet and start to do some work for me. Now, I want y'all to see that part because it's very important. You can't just go dump off your load at Jesus' feet and walk off and do what you want to do. No, he said, you lay down your burden and you take up mine. But what does he say? He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because you're not going to be held down in the service of God. You won't be hindered in in trying to drag around this ball and chain and get somewhere when you're serving God. When you take up His yoke and His burden, it's easy and light. Because He can provide peace That surpasses all understanding is what the Word tells us. He can provide something for you that you can't find through anything else in this world. You may find a temporary peace. You may find something that's that will just get you by for another day. But you'll never find eternal rest. In peace unless you go to the feet of Jesus. When you begin to seek Him as the high priest and you understand what He did for you, you know you can just lay it down with Him. I don't know why I'm preaching this today, but I think there's somebody here that needs to hear it. I think we need to be reminded that You know, it, it never ceases to amaze me the favor that God has for us. It just never ceases to amaze me how He cares so much for us that He would... God, I don't even know how to put this in words. But look, He didn't just provide another way to get forgiven. No, He provided direct access to His throne room. To me. To you. You couldn't find anybody that's any viler, any more full of sin. But He provides direct access. All you got to do is go to Him. And He's there. You don't have to jump through all these hoops. You don't have to make sure that you're doing the right thing. You can just say, God, forgive me. And it's done. Just like that. I don't understand that kind of favor. I don't understand that kind of grace and mercy. I can't put it into words. I can't wrap my mind around it and understand it. Because it's just so great. But he does it anyway because he's God and he can.